I was thinking uh, about Easter and Lent, and what came to me was, I think that Lent is easier to live than Easter is. And what I mean by that is, with Lent, Lent is very clear, right? So I'm giving up X, Y, and Z, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and then that's just it. You just do those things, or you give up those things. It's very clear, and you know when you you make a mistake. But, But Easter... Easter's hard because there's always something with the, you know, once you're in the Easter season, you're like, wow, it's Easter. I mean, let's have another beer. It's Easter for crying out loud. You know, let's have another cheeseburger. Let's have another steak. Let's have another scotch, whatever. All in the name of Easter. And so I think that, and and I don't know if that's really celebrating. Like, for example, Lent this year, I joke, I say, I gave up happiness, right? I gave up alcohol, I gave up sugar, and I gave up carbs. Happiness, on earth anyway, right? But it was very simple for me when I went out to eat. I knew I was, I just knew I was having like a piece of fish and some veggies. That was it. Like I got that every time. But when I got into Easter, I was like, oh man, like I can have steak and bread and cake and you know, and you just like dive into it. I have this thing called, I I do this, it's called projecting. It's a psychological thing. It's not like I have a psychological disorder or anything, but I, I project so I, whatever's going on inside of me, I, I just assume that's going on inside of you. Like, like the way I live my Lent and then dive into Easter, I assume you guys do that. Maybe you don't do that. And maybe Easter's way easier for you to live. But that's why Lent is, I think, easier for me. Because there's, there's, it's laid out. Because just to dive in and, you know, I've given up all these, I have these penances. And then to just indulge, that's not celebrating. That's doing whatever you feel like. And Jesus didn't come and die on the cross so that we could do just what we feel like doing. He came so that we might be forgiven of sin, but then to live the life of the Spirit. That's like the true celebration is living the life of the Spirit. I think to just do whatever we feel like, that's almost anti-Easter. And I think that one of the greatest temptations in life is that a Christian... He or she desires to go back and live their life before Easter. And what I mean by that is not living their life three, day, three weeks ago or living your life in Lent. What I mean is, is the greatest temptation is for the Christian, because Easter is all about conversion and the new life and living out of that. The temptation is to just go back to the old life of sin. Why? Because it was easier. <clears throat> it's easy to live the life of sin. You have to fight to live the life of freedom. And as it's said in the gospel, Jesus opened the scriptures for them. I'd like to open the scriptures a little bit for you and explain this using the Israelites. <clears throat> we, read, we read about them for all of Lent. And God bless those people because they're us. They made so dang many mistakes, but they're us. They're an example for us. And all they knew, you guys, they were slaves their whole lives. Again, that's a symbol of us, slaves to our sin. But they were slaves in Egypt. For 400 years, you guys, they were slaves. They had no other mentality. They only knew how to be slaves. When I was in Rome, there's this group of people, they're called the gypsies. <clears throat> and we always tried to minister to them. But they have, their whole life, they've never known anything but begging and stealing. That's it. That's, that's, that's all they know. And so a hundred of us at the seminary worked on one guy for four years just to try to convince him that there is an actual other's way of living. 
And after four years, he was slightly open to the possibility that that may exist. When you're a slave, when you get that into your head, when you're in that mentality, it is so hard to break out and realize that there is another way to live. And in this mindset, God comes in and he performs these insane acts of power, which we call the 10 plagues of Egypt. Stuff that we can't even fathom happened to the Egyptians and to Pharaoh and the Israelites were freed from it. Eventually, Pharaoh gives up, right? And he says, you go, go, you're free. And the Israelites are pumped up. They're excited. They're singing. They're walking out of Egypt, free people. And all of a sudden, they come up against the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, they see Pharaoh's army bearing down on them. Now, you would think these people that just saw Moses work the 10 plagues of Egypt from turning water into blood Light into darkness, raining down hailstones that were on fire, the death of the firstborn throughout the land. You would think that those people would simply look at Moses and say, Hey, Moses, uh, Pharaoh's coming, so just do that uh, thing you do with that stick you got. But they don't. They don't. They look at him and they're like, You loser! I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's a paraphrase. That's not like the original Hebrew, right? But they're like, Moses, what the heck? You brought us out here to die. And in the midst of that, Moses raises his hands and the sea splits in two. You guys, I'd be happy seeing the Red River split in two. Imagine an entire body of water like Lake Michigan split in two. And you walk through it with water to their right and to their left. And then they get to the other side and they see the Egyptians pursuing them and they see Moses collapse the water. And now they are free. Now they're free. But if they're so free, then why do they always want to go back to Egypt? You remember that? All through their time in the desert, they're like, why don't we just, you brought us out here to die. It was so much easier in Egypt. The place of slavery, the place of torture, the place of torment. But it was easier. And why didn't you just let us stay there, Moses? I love when they're like, we at least had onions. (laughs) That's a rough life, man. Onions is what you're looking forward to. And they go around and around. And finally they get on the the verge of the promised land. And they're standing there. And they look and they send in the, the 40 men. To go over and spy and look at the land. And they come back and they say, tell us about the land. Tell us about how great it is. And they say, it's beautiful, but there's no way we can take that land. The people there are giants. And only two men, Joshua and Caleb, only two men out of half a million say, no, 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 we can do it. If God freed us out of Egypt... He split the Red Sea. He worked the Ten Plagues. He can, he can win this. We can do it. And everybody mocks them. They mock them because of the giants. When we look at the life of freedom, there might be some giants in our way. On a college campus like this, there are giants. Giants of immodesty, pornography, premarital sex, alcoholism, drug abuse. These giants stand at the gates of UND and terrify young people. They say, how can we win? We can't beat that. And so instead of fighting, which is more difficult, 
they join in the slavery because it's more easy. It's easier to be a slave than it is to be a free man. And yet, God shows his power to us against these giants. Probably the greatest giant, death, has been overcome. And do we stand like the Israelites and look out at the world which is falling apart and we say, we can't do it. We look at our own lives, the giants that stand in the way of our freedom and say, we can't do it. Or do we look at the cross? Do we look at the resurrection and say, no, it's possible. Are you like Caleb and Joshua? No, we can do this. All things are possible with God. Do you live the life of fear and slavery or the life of freedom and fighting? So what should we do? How do you fight for freedom? I'm going to give you three, three ways. These are St. John Paul II. He gave us these three ways. He called them the three infallible weapons for freedom and holiness. Do you know what infallible means? It means it can't fail. If you do these three things, you can't lose. You don't look excited enough. You can't lose these three things. Prayer, the mass, and confession. That's it. If you hang on to those, those are the anchor, the anchor that holds you. No matter what happens, if you take these three weapons into battle, you can't Fail. Will it be difficult? Yes. Will it take a long time? Probably. Will there be suffering? Of course. But in the end, you will triumph if you persevere. So many give up in the fight. So many give up. No matter how often we fail or settle for so little or trade God for some stupid pleasure in this life, if we never stop praying, going to Mass, and using the sacrament of confession, we cannot fail. In my own life, I experienced this. <clears throat> I was an idiot. <laughs> I haven't always been a priest, okay? I was a fool. I still am kind of a fool. I'm just a converted fool, right? I love Jesus now instead of the world. But I got really far away from the church. I got really far away from God. My heart was really distant, but I never stopped going to Mass. I knew I couldn't receive, but I didn't stop going. I never stopped going to confession because I knew I had sin, and I never stopped praying at night before I went to bed when nobody could see me. And it saved my life. So when you feel like you're never going to get better or you've been struggling so long with the same sin, that giant sin, don't forget these three infallible weapons in your fight for freedom. Prayer, the mass, confession. The life of freedom in Christ that was won for us on the cross and given to us through the resurrection is worth the fight. Trust me. I battle every day. I battle every day and I live freedom, man. And I would rather fight to the death for freedom than submit to the yoke of slavery ever again in my life. I will fight. I know it's easier to settle for slavery 
than to fight for freedom. But slavery, you guys, we know, it doesn't bring happiness. And you were made for happiness, for joy. And happiness is found in freedom. And freedom is won by courage and perseverance. Jesus, may we never give up.